Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Watching these kids in this beautiful montage, just filling the earth with art and tree forts, and as they get older, businesses and spaceships and culture, right? Uh, that's the gist. We're trying to get our kids to see that God has always wanted to work in this world, not alone, but in partnership with his children, right? And I think when our kids see that, man, their current work, whether it's homework or chores or art projects around the house, and their future careers are going to take on unparalleled levels of significance in their lives. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I am so happy to hang out with you every week. And I know that we are in such a busy time of year with people coming and going, traveling, starting school, getting ready to start school. So it means the world to me that you carve out time to listen to these episodes. And today we are talking about something I'm super passionate about. Uh, you are just listening to a short clip from our guest, Jordan Rayner, who is no stranger to the podcast. He was, I think, the second episode of the year. So I'll be linking to that in show notes. But Jordan has a theme in his writing and I love it. And I couldn't wait to share his new children's book with all of you. It's called The Creator in You. And Jordan loves to talk about the idea that God created us to be creators, to work, to use our imaginations and our creativity to build and do art and create things as we are made in the image of God. And so this is a topic I love. I'm really passionate about raising up young men who are workers, who are creators, who value hard work. And in fact, in show notes, I'm going to share just a couple of resources that have been really helpful for me in raising my own sons. So I hope those are helpful to you. Now, Jordan's new book is um, for young children. It's beautifully illustrated, but I knew that this topic was relevant. No matter what age your kids are, I think that Jordan's uh, perspective and, and enthusiasm on this topic of kids growing up to value creativity and becoming creative 
leaders is just so good. So I can't wait to share it with you. I do want to pause real quick to just thank you all again for sharing this podcast, whether it's through social media, you can just take a screenshot of this episode and share it. If you're on Instagram, tag me at Monica Swanson underscore, but also just through word of mouth. We have grown so much over this past year, and I know it's thanks to you. I also want to thank you for leaving ratings and reviews wherever you listen. If you've never left a rating or review for a podcast yet, it's super easy. You just look at your phone where you're listening, scroll down, you're going to see five stars. If you just tap on those, that is plenty and a real blessing. If you want to leave a few words about what you love most about the podcast, you can do that there. And I'll just say on behalf of all my other podcasting friends, if there are podcasts that you enjoy, or if there's books you enjoy, leaving ratings and reviews is so helpful. We don't even understand how these algorithms work, but the more ratings and reviews you have, the more likely it is people will stumble upon on this podcast. And so it really does help and it makes a big difference. So thank you for doing that. And now without further ado, let's jump in and listen to Jordan Rayner get us really pumped up about raising little creators. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Jordan, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. Can't believe I got an invite back. I feel so honored. <laughs> oh, well, within one year, I think you are like I the know. second interview of 2022. So yeah. um, we're like halfway through the year and you're back. So back. How about how's your year been? Uh, it's been a little crazy. Launching <laughs> yeah. three books in 12 months oh. is a little nuts, but hey, I can't we're doing imagine. it. We're doing it. I cannot imagine. Well, speaking of that, go ahead and introduce yourself to anyone who might not know you already. Yeah, so... Uh, my name is Jordan Rainer. I live in Tampa, Florida with my bride and our three young daughters. And my mission in life behind everything I'm writing is really helping Christians respond to this radical biblical idea that our work matters deeply to God, mm. matters for eternity. Mm. And for the past five years, I've been creating a lot of content around that core message through my books like Redeeming Your Time that we talked about here mm -hmm. uh, on the Boy Mom pod podcast in January, et cetera, et cetera. But as a dad uh, with three kids under the age of seven, I've been thinking a lot about how to help them grasp these mm. truths early on so that they don't have to unlearn a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. that I had, had to unlearn. And that's really the impetus for my first kid's book, uh, The Creator in you. I want my kids and your kids, even though they're older and the kids in the lives of your listeners, to see that before God told us that he was loving or holy or omnipotent, he told us that he is a God who creates and mm. works. Because I think when our kids get that, man, I think they're going to view their current and future work with unparalleled God-ordained purpose and joy. Mm. Okay, that's awesome. I'm just curious, what, how, how did this develop in you? How, like, what brought you to, is this something that's innately been kind of on your mind for a long time? Is this a newer revelation? Tell us yeah. how you got there. Yeah. So, um, before I started writing full-time three years ago, I spent 10 years as a tech entrepreneur. I started and sold a couple of different companies and it was actually in the process of selling that second business that this idea started to get implanted into my mind. So mm. I'm exiting the business, trying to figure out what I was going to do next with my life, thinking I was going to start another business. But for a hot minute there, um, I really seriously considered planning a church because mm. I believe that if I really loved Jesus, mm -hmm. that meant I either had to move to a mud hut 5,000 miles away from home. 
mm-hmm. to quote unquote make disciples of all nations or plant a church. And by the grace of God alone, I had a I had a godly mentor in my life. This guy led Bible studies at our church, et cetera, et cetera. And pulled me aside one day. He said, Hey, um, I hear you're thinking about starting a church. And I'm thinking this guy's gonna pat me on the back, maybe write me my first <laughs> check, whatever. Right. And he just looked me square in the eye and said, Yeah, I gotta be honest, that sounds really dumb to, to me. Whoa. Like you're clearly a talented entrepreneur. You've created a lot hmm. of jobs. You've loved your investors and your employees through the ministry of excellence. I've even Mm -hmm. seen you make disciples in your business. Why in the world do you think you have to go plant a church to Mm. quote unquote do ministry? Interesting. And that message changed my life. I started reading scripture through this lens. I went back to Genesis one and I realized that before there was long before there was the great commission, Hmm. there was this first commission to just create and wow. make things and make more of mm. this world, right? And that mm. gives great dignity and meaning to the work mm-hmm. that most of us do today. Wow, that is huge. I love that. That is like it, a, really a perspective shift. So then did you immediately start? I did not plan a church. Yeah, I did not <laughs> plan a church. A church. <laughs> I did not plan a church. I, um, I actually went and ended up running somebody else's tech startup for about three years, we, by God's grace, grew it really quickly. We went from five to 150 people in about two and a half years. Wow. And, um, and then I stepped down to ironically, I left that world to go right full time telling other people not to leave the world of quote unquote secular <laughs> business, right? <laughs> the okay. irony is not okay. lost on me. Yeah. Right. That's okay. Uh, but no, like this is the lane. I, I think God's yes. called me to occupy. I sure. think we can- First Corinthians 15 58 says that the work we do, the work of the Lord, the work we do in the Lord is not in vain. In other words, Paul's mm. saying it matters for eternity. What was the work of Jesus Christ? The work of the Lord. The work of the Lord. Yeah, he spent time preaching the gospel of the kingdom. But he also spent 80% of his adult life making tables, right? Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. turned water into wine and he called out injustice. The first commission to create and make more of this world is never, ever rescinded by God. In fact, it's what we're going to be doing for eternity on the new earth. Mm-hmm. Revelation 22, 5 says we're going to reign forever and ever on behalf mm-hmm. of our king, right? Mm-hmm. It's a book, mm-hmm. bookends of scripture, right? Yeah. And that gives great dignity to the work of ruling and creating and subduing that we're doing right now. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That is so good. And, and this stuff really just rings so true to me and conversations I've had with my sons just recently I had a conversation with my college graduate son, Josiah, and he's just recalling like the the role of imagination. Anyone who's followed me for long has probably heard me even have conversations with Josiah talking about imagination. And I know as a little boy, uh, he, he kind of developed this world in his mind and he and his brothers would enter into it. And they spent much of their childhood diving into this world of imagination. And they will all tell you that some of their best memories were, and they didn't even come up with a better name for it. They literally called it, let's play imagination. And they would dive (laughs) in. This this was such a a huge part of his upbringing. And, And he just the other day on the phone was saying, mom, all I wanted to do as a kid was create worlds. I just wanted to create things. And so when I'm looking at your book here, The Creator in You, which it's just so beautifully illustrated as well. So I'll have photos of it in show notes, but I just, I love the heart of it because I think this will resonate with every child. I think this is what God puts into kids. And yet maybe 
what do you think has happened? Like, at least from, I, I can speak to part of this, from my first three sons who grew up literally playing imagination to my fourth son who now lives in a, a technical world where there are so many distractions, I feel like it's a lot harder for him. Is that something you see affecting kids and their imaginations? What do you see shifting right now in the world? Yeah, we've moved from this desire to make and save the world to this desire to have it and consume mm. it, right? Mm. And I, I think technology plays a big piece of that, but I also think the church is responsible in a lot of ways. Mm. We treat the sixth day as if it was the end of creation. And as I say in this book, the sixth day was just the beginning. It's when mm-hmm. God passed the baton to you and mm-hmm. me and said, go fill and subdue this earth. And so I think we need to reclaim this theology of sub-creators, as Tolkien put it, that our first job, the first job of humankind, was to go and make more of this world. And I think it helps combat this kind of consumption-obsessed culture that we're seeing right, right now. Okay, so how how do you – what are the ages? You've got young girls, right? Are yeah, they old enough seven, to talk about work? Yeah, they are. Yeah, we're talking about work a lot. Seven, okay. six, and two. So obviously my two-year-old isn't, but yeah. Right. So talk to some of the moms raising younger boys out there. What are some, like, what are some conversations? How do we yeah. elevate work to this place that God has it in scripture? Yeah. I think we, we tell them about the many passages of scripture, which show mm-hmm. God himself mm-hmm. at work. I think that's a great starting point. Talking about Genesis yeah. one and two, right? And one, God's creating with his words in chapter two, he's creating with his hands, right? He's gardening in chapter mm-hmm. two. Point him to Jesus and the fact that most scholars agree he spent about 80% of his adult life working as a carpenter, a regular Mm -hmm. old job. And when he launched the kingdom of heaven, he didn't enlist religious professionals, but fishermen and tax collectors to help him Uh build that kingdom, right? So I think just unpacking passages of scripture like that is helpful. And obviously this book, The Creator and You, can help you do that. But I also think just like around the dinner table, around the breakfast table, talking about the things that we love about our job and that we feel mm. are connected to God's purposes for the world. So much of our language is negative about work, right? Mm-hmm. Thank God it's Friday or, oh man, mm-hmm. mommy's got a case of the Mondays, whatever it is, right? <laughs> I'm not saying we don't talk about the challenges, but if we want our kids to view their work the way God views it with purpose mm-hmm. and joy, then we got to be intentional about highlighting the good stuff. So for my family, real practically what this looks like, um, every night around the dinner table, everybody plays two truths and one lie, right? You can't mm, get up at the dinner table I love it. before you do two truths and one lie. And <laughs> us grownups, right? Mom and dad uh, were really intentional about mm. trying to find at least one of those truths and a lie uh, that highlights something great about work that day. Right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, guys, like tonight I'll say, um, all right, one of mine is I got to talk to somebody in Hawaii. about work and they're like no way that's a lie there's no way you're talking to somebody why what time is it there right but but and just and just unpacking that and helping them see the Mm -hmm. joy of what daddy gets to do Mm. in his office all day and that makes a big i think i hope i pray that's going to make a really long-lasting impact on their view of work and vocational what god's called us to do totally that's awesome i love that two truths and one lie at the dinner table Great idea. Way, way easier to get them to talk about their day that way when it's a game. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Okay. I love how you talk about work existing before sin 
and therefore a form of worship. Um, I'd love to just talk about how, how we can talk about that with our kids, talking about work as worship. Yeah. Again, I think this really just comes down to basic biblical literacy and Mm -hmm, pointing mm -hmm. out, Hey kids, look at this. Uh, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, pull it open tonight. Mm -hmm. First words to human Mm -hmm. beings. God said work. There's no sin in the world. Sin doesn't come until Genesis three, right? Mm-hmm, sin, mm-hmm. It, a work is cursed because of sin, but work is not mm. the curse because it right. existed prior to sin, right? right? So just walking your kids through that. In fact, um, we wrote a five-day devotional uh, mm. connected to the creator and you. So when you get the book and go to the mm. website that it links to at the end, you get a free mm-hmm. five-day devotional that helps walk your kids through Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, and help them see that it was worship, right? Adam and Eve before the sin, everything they did bring brought pleasure and glory to our Mm -hmm. heavenly father, right? Mm -hmm. Thus, because work existed and was commanded prior to the fall, we know that it was worship, right? And the beautiful Mm -hmm. promise of scripture I alluded to before is one day it's going to be perfect worship again, right? Mm -hmm. We have anemic theology Mm -hmm. of Genesis 1 and 2. We have Mm -hmm. really terrible theology about the eternal heaven when heaven comes to earth. Isaiah 65 Mm -hmm. says, God's chosen people will long enjoy the work of mm. their hands. So if you hate yeah. your job or your teenager hates the right. job that they have on Saturday nights, right. or whatever, look forward expectantly to the day in which all work will be perfect mm. worship for our king. That's good. Cause that was my next question. What do you say to the parents who actually yeah. hate their job? Yes. <laughs> Don't enjoy work. I mean, it, there's so many get a of new us, job right? if you can, but maybe you can't. It's so many of us. I mean, Mm. post Genesis Mm three, there is not a whole lot of alignment between Mm. the things the world will pay us to do and the things God created us to do. Mm -hmm. Things aren't always in sync anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, find try to find a job that's a better suit for that, but that's not possible for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. It's just not an economic reality for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, right? Um, And so yeah, I think number one. We follow Paul's command in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, which the context here is instructions to slaves saying, Mm -hmm. hey, even you work heartily as under the Lord, Mm. knowing that there's a reward coming for you. So being faithful, a faithful presence, even when you hate your job, that'll preach a powerful sermon of the gospel, right? And then number two, look expectantly. Go read Isaiah 65. Just like bask in the promises of Isaiah 65. We're going to build houses and plant vineyards, right? Mm. We're going to long enjoy the work of their hands. My chosen people, their, their, uh, what does it say? Their labor will never be in vain. Right? Mm-hmm. We're going to rule and reign. Again, it's the bookends of scripture. What we're doing mm-hmm. in the beginning of Genesis 1, Christ is redeemed through his death, burial, and resurrection so that we can get back to the work of creating for the eternal kingdom of God, which is what we're going to be filling forever on the new earth. See Revelation 22. Yes. Ooh, preach it. Look, see, you are preaching. <laughs> I can't help myself. I love it. No, that's so good. And and I just think that um, sometimes this, you know, the perspective shift itself. We just need to preach to ourselves sometimes. And whether you're a stay-at-home mom who feels like, does what I'm doing even matter? Does anybody notice? Does anyone appreciate me? Or whether you have a job you're just grinding out, sometimes just having that perspective shift and reminding yourself. That this this actually it does matter, and that God sees me even if no one else does, right? 
He sees you and he delights in the work of the godly. Psalm, mm. uh, I want to make sure I get the reference right. I think it's Psalm 37, 23, um, says um, he delights in every detail mm. of the lives of the godly. God mm. doesn't just smile on you when you donate money to a ministry or mm-hmm. share the gospel with your coworkers. Of course, he does smile on those mm-hmm. things. He smiles upon you when you change a diaper with joy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when when you go to a job that you hate and do it with excellence and love and serving mm-hmm. others before you serve yourself and your happiness, mm-hmm. right? He smiles yeah. on all of these things, every act of obedience he mm-hmm. smiles upon. And I think that's eternal, right? We think of yeah. that as like a here and now thing. He smiles right now, but God remembers everything. And he's mm-hmm. going to remember everything when you spend eternity with him. I think we're going to mm-hmm. be on the new earth doing our work. And Jesus is going to come up to us big. Hey, Monica, do you remember that time you had an opportunity mm-hmm. to take a shortcut in writing your book because you were tired mm-hmm. and you didn't want to do it anymore. You wanted to phone mm-hmm. it in and you didn't and you persevered because you care about the ministry of excellence. I, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I smile mm-hmm. on that. Come enjoy the master's, yeah. master's happiness. Oh, that's encouraging. Thanks. <laughs> right now, that's especially encouraging. But the biblical promise is there. Anything that is done in the Lord, i.e. animated by the Holy Spirit of God, is not in vain. Somehow, mm-hmm. mysterious as the resurrection mm. itself, it matters and contributes to the eternal kingdom of God. Yes. Amen. That is such good stuff. I would love, I, I didn't even ask you before we got on this, but would you read a little section? This is written so beautifully. I just would love to hear you read some of the good rhyming. Here we go. So this is, so basically the creator in you is a three act drama in three minutes, right? That's how I thought about it as I wrote it. Act one is what you see like in every it. other Genesis okay. uh, one children's book, God creating, God working in those first six days. Albeit with the greatest illustrations you've ever mm-hmm, seen, which mm-hmm, I take no credit mm-hmm. for. Uh, and then act two, about a third of the way of the right. book, this is the crux of it. It says this, it says, and now you might think that our story is ending, but in fact, this is just the beginning because God made you to look like him, to act mm-hmm. and work and create with him. Because mm-hmm. while in six days, God created a lot, there are so many things that he simply did not, like bridges and baseballs, sandcastles and s'mores. God asked us to create and fill the planet with more. That's act two. And then act three is just watching these kids in this beautiful montage, just filling the earth with art and tree forts. And as mm-hmm. they get older, businesses and spaceships and culture right? Uh, That's the gist. We're trying to get our kids to see that God has always wanted to work in this world, not alone, but in partnership with his children, right? And I think when our kids see that, man, their current work, whether it's homework or chores or art projects around the house and their future careers Mm -hmm. are going to take on unparalleled levels of significance in their lives. I love that. And I'm curious, do you guys, do you use chores? What do you do with your own kids? So I don't think I've ever talked about this publicly, but I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about like doing a post on this because I love oh, good. how we do this. I did not invent it. We don't do chores yet, although that's coming. Uh, but we did adopt okay. um, this okay. thing called the hard thing rule, 
that Angela Duckworth wrote about in her great book, Grit, right? So basically the hard thing rule is uh, everyone in the family has to have a hard thing, an extracurricular thing beyond school that they purposefully practice five days a week. I think think in her family, it's like seven days a week, Mm. but we do five days a week in our house, right? But the rule is the kids get to pick their hard thing, right? Uh, And they have to stick with it for Duckworth recommends a season. Mm. We just do quarters, right? You got to stick with it for three months. So right now, my seven-year-old mm-hmm. Ellison, her hard thing is tennis. So she has to practice five days a week. And, um, but she got three months, right? So at the end of June, we're coming up on the end of June. She could decide if she wants to do something else, but it's great. It's just teaching them to explore a mm-hmm. lot of different things, giving them space to do it. Uh, but it's also mm-hmm. teaching grit mm-hmm. and perseverance. Like you can't, cause the kids have gone like, a month and like yeah. I hate piano, but like, too bad you pick piano. You got to practice five days a week, right? So uh-huh. yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Yes. Oh, I'm cheering for that one. I totally love that. And in my next book, I have a whole chapter on adversity and how I just believe that adversity yes. is, you know, the fuel for greatness. And it's so hard as parents watching your kids walk through adversity. So one of my concerns is. I understand when when kids have something hard that they're facing, we need to help them, coach them, you know, of course, extend empathy, compassion, but but believing that this hard thing is going to create character in them. But then what I address in my book is the fact that a lot of our kids really just don't face many hard things on there. They've got a pretty good life. I mean, even even in the worst of circumstances, most of our kids get three meals a day plus snacks. They have a bed to sleep in. They have parents who love them. And so my suggestion is that parents need to create, come up with some creative ways to give kids challenges or else they're not going to be ready for the world one day. So I love that rule. Oh man, (laughs) this is so good. I don't know if you've read Andy Crouch's new book, um, not the, his newest, the life, no. The life we're looking for. He talks about the I same need- themes in, in TechWise Family, which is great. But just mm-hmm. this idea that in this age of technology, everything is an easy button. Yeah. And his parents who enjoy all those easy buttons of life, our mm-hmm. temptation is to create ease for our children when our goal yeah. should be creating courage and character. Yes. Right? Yes. And you can't do that without obstacles and adversity. Mm-mm. To quote Ryan Mm-mm. Holiday, the obstacle is the way, right? Mm-hmm. It's the way to getting yes. your goal. It's the way to getting meaningful goals. It's the way to creating character and perseverance and yeah. grit. So yeah, we're all in on that in the rear house. And yes. as we're doing it, reminding our kids, right, that we do hard things, not primarily for success, but for the glory of God. Because yeah. the pursuit of excellence mm-hmm. glorifies it, reflects his character because Look around at the creative world. God creates with perfection, nothing short of excellence is too try to work, right? And as we pursue excellence for the glory Mm. of God, it shows off who he is and what his character is to the watching world. It sure does. And yet it's usually not a quick thing, right? We need perseverance and patience and all the things, which is character building, all of it. I'm just thinking, what kind of a charge? What can you give to the moms listening? They've got boys. Uh, again, and and I know I'm not going to blame everything on technology because I don't believe it's it's all bad. But let's just say boys want to play video games all day. They, they want to do a shoddy job on their chores. 
we can read this book, especially to the younger kids, but even those tweens, teens, give us some advice from your experience. All right, real practical, real practical. Um, What we're doing right now with our summer, uh, with our kids, we welcome screen time that leads to creative activity, Mm -hmm. right? So this is, this is going back to technology conversation. It's not just like all technology is bad. No, technology that gets my kids to paint Mm -hmm. and draw and create Mm -hmm. and make rocket ships, bottle rockets. That's great, Mm -hmm. right? So we love like art for kids hubs and babble dabble do on YouTube. Like we embrace that kind of screen time. The second thing we're doing though, and this is hard, right? Especially for type A people like myself, is just let our kids be bored. Mm. 100%. Give them the space. Because when I see my kids just like laying on the couch, Mm -hmm. my temptation is to prescribe Mm -hmm. something for them to do. Mm -hmm. Hey, Ellison, why don't you read a book? Why don't you do this? Mm -hmm. There's a great study from the Child Mind Institute that says that uh, unstructured time can actually help kids develop skills and creativity and self-esteem, right? Mm -hmm. You need, they estimate about 20 minutes of boredom Mm -hmm. for the creative juices to start flowing in kids where they can come up with things to do. So just- let them be bored. Yes. Right? <clears throat> and the last thing I would say, it's really the heart of the book, is remind them mm-hmm. that to be made in the image of God mm-hmm. is to be made not to sit back and relax and consume, mm-hmm. but to lean forward in a posture that creates and makes new things. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the last line of the book, which is just as much for the moms mm-hmm. and dads listening mm-hmm. as it is for your kids. It says, because when you work or you make something new, you are doing what God has made you yeah. to do. You are showing the world what your father is like, God who creates to bring people to light. And when you show others the creator in you, you bring joy to the world and to your father too. Mm. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it so much. That's good stuff. Well, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm inspired and encouraged and have always loved this topic and thankful, especially that my older boys have always been drawn to creativity and imagination. But I, I want so much to inspire, especially my youngest, to continue down that path. And I do think it's more challenging now than ever. But uh, you mentioned a couple websites. Is there a chance when we finish this, you would just shoot me maybe a couple of your favorite uh, online sites to share with people in show notes that they might go to for some inspiration. I'd love to. That, yeah, totally. that would be super fun. And we're going to make sure everybody knows where to get your book. Where can people follow you if they want to hop on right now? Yeah, lots of free content and stuff at jordanraynor.com, J-O-R-D-A-N-R-A-Y-N-O-R.com. And then of course, uh, uh, link to the Creator and You, Redeeming Your Time and all the other books we got. You betcha. Well, thank you so great to talk about this topic that I love so much. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you, Monica. All right. Aloha. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that and that you are inspired to raise young boys to be creatives, to be creators, to be good workers. Um, You can find links to anything we mentioned, as well as a couple of my favorite resources for kids on that topic of work and creativity in show notes, which today are at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 169. So thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a wonderful month. Please stay cool if you're somewhere where it's really toasty right now and have a wonderful rest of your week. Until next time, aloha.